Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, the podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs. That's right. Uh, we have an incredible episode for you today. I'm very excited to introduce uh, Mimi Hayes to you all. She's incredible. She is a author, a comedian, all of the things. Um, she talks about on this episode how her life basically transformed after she suffered a brain hemorrhage. That's right. She went from living in Colorado, uh, being a school teacher there which was her dream job, to uh, getting brain surgery, relearning how to walk and see, and ending up uh, living in New York as a published author. Um, that's all in the span of four years that happened. So it's a pretty incredible. She dives into how her brain hemorrhage gave her this ability to dive into creative things head on and not fear rejection, uh, because in her eyes, the worst had already happened, right? So what is there to lose, really? Without further ado, Mimi Hayes. Um, I have many jobs as of right now. Um, most of them I do during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one that I do is uh, I'm an assistant to a science rapper. Wow. Correct. Okay. Yes. Would love to learn more about that. Yes. Um, so his name's Baba Brinkman. He is a white Canadian science rapper, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he makes money doing that, yo. Like, mm-hmm. and so I, <laughs> I uh, email for him and tell people that he exists, and um, it's it's kind of like sales, I guess. Okay, um, and assisting. So I've also done all kinds of other you know jobs for him. I've done his lights and sound at cool. his off Broadway shows. Oh, I've. Um, punched up his scripts and transcribed um i've nannied his kids oh my god <laughs> i've done a lot of things in the past year oh yeah served all the things and what what kind of science rapping does he do um it's like peer-reviewed so oh, he's cool. got like different one-man shows about different topics so he's got like evolution so it's like rap guide to evolution so he, the whole show is about like evolution of mankind and how it applies to the mc that's so cool and yeah so um he's got different topics and he tours so that's kind of what i'm trying to do is to get him you know jobs in different cities and science museums and that is so cool is it for kids or is it for like anybody um i would say it's probably more on the adult range but he okay. has done some stuff in like high schools and um Part of my job too has been trying to outreach to high schools and be like, "Hey, can you come do a assembly, wow. you know, okay. at your school and drop his dope, drop rhymes. his dope bars about uh, Darwinism, yo, Darwinism, you got it, hello, yes, I'm revealing my mask and that's me, science rapper, hello, sodium bicarbonate, okay, yeah, that's enough of that. I don't even know if that's a compound, um. Okay, well, um, cool. I, you know, how how did you find that job? How is that working out for you? And is that a full time job right now? Uh, it's not full time. Um, it's it's pretty part time. You know, comes and goes in waves depending on how many shows he has. Um, he's kind of off season right now, so it's it's a little lighter. Okay. Um, but I got that job through um, interviewing his wife for my podcast. Whoa. 
um, who's a neuroscientist. What? Inception podcast and a podcast? <laughs> what? She's a neuroscientist. Yes. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. And I want to talk about your podcast also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. But you interviewed his wife. Yes. Cool. Um, and then met him through that. And then um, before this point, I was I moved to New York City and I was nannying full time. Got it. Um, so I was doing that. So I was like, why not do a podcast? Sure. Because who doesn't want to do that? It's <laughs> the best. It's so fun. You're like, hey, friend, want to come over and talk on yeah. the microphone? Yeah. Our voices sound so nice. Oh, they um, I really do. Right. I, li- I like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I interviewed her and then um, met him. And then um, when I kind of got laid off from my nanny job because oh, the shit. kids like grew up. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> She's like, we They're don't like, need a nanny. Really and I'm like, like, oh. <laughs> Crud. Oh, no, no, no. 14's kind of hard. <laughs> I'm gonna need. Yeah. yeah, kids grew up. Didn't need me anymore. I didn't have a backup plan. <laughs> so I was like to the Facebooks. I was like, somebody help me. <laughs> and then and then Baba responded, and he was like, Hey, do you need a job? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Send me your resume. And I'm like, Okay. And then he's like, You want to be my assistant? And I was like yeah <laughs> yeah please yeah help me i would like that <laughs> so i've been doing that for almost a year which is pretty crazy that's um, really cool but it's uh you know i need to supplement that sure so i have other jobs and what are those uh i teach writing classes whoa i mean it's writing instructor um it's an adult program so um creative writing all kinds of genres um, poets and screenwriters. Oh my God. I did like a comedy writing class, um, like a year or so back with people that had never done stand up before. So you're a writing instructor (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, an assistant to this, uh, science rapper man. That sounds amazing. Um, and when you're not doing that, you're doing comedy. Correct. Is that correct? Great. Yes. Um, and are you, are you, would you identify as a comedian? Yes. Kind of in a background sense though. Great. Um, so like, some comedians are like, this is my jam and they like run the stuff and they do like 27 mics a day. Literally and 27. They're like Literally people hitting the streets. I'm like, uh, when I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not tired. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, and I, I also just, it's kind of a tool for me to, to sell everything else that I'm doing. Um, and it's, kind of one of the easier ways to get the word out about something else that I'm doing, which is my book. Da, 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 da. Yeah. This book that I'm obsessed with, ah. but our audience <laughs> doesn't know about it. <laughs> but this is the coolest thing ever in the whole world. And I can't wait for you to talk about it because that's secretly why I wanted you on the podcast because <laughs> your day job stuff is awesome, but also like this part of your life is truly insane. No, everything else is amazing. Everything else is great, but and and, and this um but yeah so why why don't you talk a little bit about your book yeah so um did not have any plans to write a book in my whole life I actually hated writing as a human individual sure um but when I was 22 I had a brain hemorrhage and it was like real scary uh mm-hmm. but little 22 year old me was like haha this is funny um um, so it was it was kind of like a slow motion stroke which meant that like 
you know, when they when the diagnosed it, they said, you know, we don't really want to touch this right now. You're going to have to go home. I was a high school teacher at the time. Wow. So we should unpack that. At in 22? A, I was a high school teacher you at 22. You were a high school teacher? Correct. How did that work happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally in shock. I'm like, were all my teachers secretly 22? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when they first started, I got, oh. I, I was fresh out, out of the gate. Oh, was my, my first, my first job. What? Yes. Why don't high schoolers just teach themselves? If that's I what, know, what right? They they pretty much did. They're like, you're <laughs> the you're my age. You but can't educate me. That is crazy. Which is probably why my head exploded. Because <laughs> <laughs> you went ah! short circuited. Like maybe you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I was I was literally like five days into uh, my teaching career, uh-huh. and I had all these weird symptoms, and I'm like, oh, this is just. From being a teacher, it's just a really hard job. And what and were the symptoms? I had dizziness. Um, I was I started to see double. Mm. I was really clumsy, like abnormally so. And um, eventually, after a few weeks of those weird things, my mother kind of snapped, and we had gotten all these you know misdiagnoses from people. And she finally was like, "I've had enough. We're going to go to the ER. We're not going to leave. Wow! Until we get an MRI. Do, 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 MRI, <laughs> <laughs> Oprah style. She's like, you get an MRI, and you get an MRI. That's hilarious. Yeah, because they didn't like they just didn't see the symptoms as problematic, and they they misdiagnosed it as like depression and like. What? And anxiety and all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I guess I am pretty depressed. Like, <laughs> I guess it's hard being a teacher. Like, I just have no idea, you know. Really? And how many doctors would did you go to? Right? Uh, probably like three or four. Three or four doctors yeah. all were like, this is nothing. It's mental health related. And a neurologist. I just what? learned that. A neurologist in a different ER misdiagnosed me. That's a new factoid. I learned that like last week. Oh, my God. I was like, mind blown. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. And what did they say? Um, He just like did like a really quick they you know, the neuro test is where they put the finger in front of your face and they say do you see double and i was in an er and he moved his finger to the side do you see double now i said yes other side do you see double now yes and he's like ah, i don't know and then he like walked out the door hilarious what yeah he went i don't know and walked out the door okay i don't quote me on uh, that no, no no i mean no <laughs> No, I mean, but he was fine. like, "Oh, she's fine. She's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. good. Everything's Not good. Trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Oh, she a specialist or something. Yeah. Oh um, my god. So all this is happening, and I'm young, and I don't know. And um, by the time we kind of get the diagnosis, um, they're like, "Yeah, this is pretty serious. You Shit. had a brain hemorrhage. We don't really know why, but you know, you should probably but chill the one. hell out." Um, right. So I went back home and. Had to postpone my student teaching semester. Sure. Um, so, you know, to get your teaching license, you got to teach for like six months unpaid. Fuck. Um, oh, that's weird. And you actually have to pay. This is also part of your um, tuition at the university. So I was paying to oh. be an unpaid teacher. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I wonder why. <laughs> All these so weird, like, I'm like, yeah. hey, to my teacher that I was working with, I'm like, just, just hold on. I just got to have a brain bleed for a second. So... <laughs> Maybe it won't be back. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> be right back. Just a quick little brain bleed. Um, so while I went back home, um, I over the course of like three, four weeks of that like bed rest period, I started losing mobility in like half my body. Oh my god! I was seeing double permanently. I couldn't taste. Um, and all the while, 
your face. That's what I should have, how I should have been reacting. But instead I was like, LOL. <laughs> Were you on like medication to make uh, it that way or just. I was on some steroids to try to take the <laughs> swelling down, sure. but nothing like, I mean, I was just, I, I was trying to cope. Sure. You know, I really couldn't, I didn't like that my life was going off the rails in this way and so i was like no nah, not a thing it's not a thing wow um, which is what led to my book because my friend's like you should write a book because you should be on ellen and like have a she likes books and <laughs> she can have you on her couch and i'm like cool i'll write a book <laughs> <laughs> so i could be on ellen <laughs> but also <laughs> my brain explodes. <laughs> like, and now i have a southern accent <laughs> i have a southern accent yeah your friend has a southern accent and you also have one and we're all just talking in southern accents oh so my I, I literally just started writing this book with one hand because i couldn't use my oh, left hand you were writing it while this was happening yes to you. yes so my first sentence of the book which is no longer in the book was um this sentence took me five minutes to write oh i love this that, is gonna though. take a long time oh my god um which you know didn't make the final copy but it was just this process of being like i don't know what's happening to me and i have all the time in the world you know, I'm not teaching anymore. There's only so much Netflix I can watch in one day without 100%. losing my mind. Sure. And I wasn't like showering a ton because it was like became dangerous because I was like, oh, I can't. I don't want to slip and fall to my death, you know. Oh, my um, God. So it, it it was a a joke. <laughs> it was a joke book um, for, for many a years. Um, but spoiler alert, I lived. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> spoiler alert. I survived. Um. <laughs> um, and when I recovered and I, I got back to teaching, which was insane in the membrane. Um, Literally. Because now I'm teaching again, but now I have all these heightened senses after having brain surgery and relearning how to walk. And like, ta- I could taste again. That was a big, that was awesome that I, I can taste now. It's a cool thing. That's a great, um, well, how do, so after you're, so you're going through this, you're writing this book, mm-hmm. you're, are doctors like monitoring you or like, are you, as you're experiencing these things or like what's going on? Yeah, I went, so I, I did a brain, I skipped the whole part where I had a brain surgery. <laughs> right. <laughs> chill. Chill, chill. You're like, ah, this was a whole joke. Anyways, uh, <laughs> big old punchline. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Did I say that? That's like, what? (laughs) So, uh, once I lost, like when I couldn't taste, they're like, Oh, this is, that's a really bad sign, you know? And so they kind of, what they had thought was that this bleed was going to resolve itself, you know, because why not? Um, and it didn't, it just, it just (sighs) got bigger and, um, they're like, all right, we're going to go do a brain surgery. Um, again, I was just in a complete like shock about that. And they're really, the tough thing is that the hospital that I was at was right across the street from the high school where I was supposed to be teaching. No way. So what do I do? The day I learned that I go in and see the MRI, you know, results. And he's like, hey, we're going to do an emergency surgery on Friday. It's like a Tuesday. So like just, you know, whatever, you know, there's that information. And I was like, hey, mom, can we go across the street and say hi to my kids? And at this point, I look like a dead body sure and i have a cane no <laughs> and i'm like i just want to go say hi wouldn't that be fun no. and your mother's like she's like mm, okay honey. no way <laughs> yes. no way she's like all right <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> and i literally like go into oh. the classroom these kids 
I mean, they had heard what was going on, but they like didn't know. You know, sure. they're like fourteen year olds, and like I scared the piss out of them. I, like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, hey guys, I'm gonna have brain surgery on Friday. Is that dope? <laughs> and they're like, what? Um, like, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, they were like, okay, oh, no. well. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But that's like, I mean, that's so sweet of you to still be like, despite everything that's going on, you're like, I want to say hi to my kids. Check yeah. In. That was the career that I really wanted. Really? And I saw, I wanted to be a teacher my whole life. I could see that. You know? For sure. I really, really wanted it. So when I got into it and like was told by my body that I couldn't handle it, I was like, absolutely not. That's mm. not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know? So I do the brain surgery. Um, I go to rehab after, you know, a couple of days in the ICU and they're like, okay, it was a successful surgery. You know, you've got to, but I had come out of surgery with, uh, you know, even worse kind of symptoms than before. Sure. And they're like, well, after surgery, mm-hmm. fuck. So I came out seeing double and sideways was my, well, you're my field of fucking vision. You're kidding me. I, I am not. Oh for once, God. I'm not joking. Right, for <laughs> once, I'm not joking. For once, I'm not joking. Wow. And they're like, ooh, interesting. Um, so with the, the sideways fixed itself, I think, within a couple days, just like naturally. Okay. And then to fix the double vision, they this is very DIY. They put a piece of tape on my glasses to trick my brain into seeing singular again. Interesting. Yeah, and the tape got smaller and smaller. Wow. Yeah. And that's how you th- you retrained your brain to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Not me, but, you know, someone I mean, well, did they that. Did. <laughs> right, but that's so, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's so smart and seems like, yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. So you had to retrain yourself how to unsee double vision. You had to mm-hmm. relearn how to walk, mm-hmm. you said? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So big, big, big stuff. Big, big stuff. Big life stuff. And how yeah. long did this whole process take from the moment you were diagnosed to recovery? Um, this is a few months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so this is when you were 22. I was 22. Okay. Yep. Um, so I, uh, I was like in this rehab hospital, like, you know, breaking all the rules apparently. Sure. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I should be like running a half marathon right now. <laughs> and they're like, um, excuse you. You're not allowed <laughs> to take the walker out. You're still supposed to be in the wheelchair. Yeah. Moron. <laughs> Uh, cause like, I just, I, know about I had no concept that I like couldn't do those things, sure. but I like literally could not do them <laughs> wow. unassisted. So they, I would get yelled at a lot for breaking the rules so, like, of the hospital. Not. Like going for a jog. They're like, ha no, <laughs> no. And where, where was this all taking place? Uh, this was in Aurora, Colorado. Aurora, Colorado. Is that from. where you're from? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up there. Mm-hmm. You, you were thinking that your life was going to be there. Yes. Yes. And I was like teacher sold. Everything is perfect. I I was the Pinterest, Pinterest fiend. So my classroom, you're like, woof, oh, wow. someone didn't spend any time in here. Like I literally, everything was like polka dot and like curated. It was so freaking cute in there. Oh my God, I bet. So it was From like, head to toe. Mm, um, teacher. didn't you, and we can edit this out if you want to, but didn't, you were also in a relationship? Uh, before then, yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that was that went away that exploded before the brain did so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like hemorrhage and then that the brain happened a few months before um so also some of my symptoms i was kind of like oh like maybe i really am you know just that depressed um sure. you know lost a lot of weight and 
um, all this stuff was kind of going down. So I was really happy that that had ended before because I didn't, you know, when I was going through all this stuff, I was going through it by myself and mm-hmm. with like my family and friends. So I didn't feel like, oh, like he's there at my bedside. Like, right. You know, I think that would have been nasty. So, um, sure. yeah. And uh, within a few, yeah, within a few months of having brain surgery, I was back in the classroom. Wow. Driving again, walking again. Uh, tasting again. Wow. Telling kids to put their damn phones away again. There you go. Um, and they were they were a little nicer to me, having seen me. <laughs> uh, right. Um, we thought you were dead, so <laughs> I guess we should <laughs> not be so shitty to you. <laughs> we saw this other lady that looked just like you. She had a cane. I don't know why they have a southern accent again. <laughs> she had a cane, and she came in here, and uh, we weren't sure <laughs> that was you or not, but we love you. <laughs> Um, cool. So you sort of jumped back into teaching Mm -hmm. after you recovered. Right off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then how, so walk me through how that got you to New York. Right before I started my first, uh, teaching job, I went to New York city Mm -hmm. for a week, um, over the summer. Oh, cool. And I took an intensive UCB improv class. Very cool. One-on-one. Yep. Very cool. Yes. So 2015 and I go to New York city for the first time. And in like two weeks, I'm going to start my first teaching job, mm-hmm. right? Post brain. Um, but I'm like, hey, you know what? I really, I really love improv and I want to try this out and just kind of treat myself before I know my life is committed to this career. Sure. Um, so I tried, I tried it out. I went to New York, um, stayed with a cousin and I, I was like, wow, this place is insane. Yeah. Like no one sleeps here. Everyone's moving. Everyone's like running around. You know, but I was having so much fun, but I was like staying out all night, like making new friends, like, you know, going to shows, doing open mics. And I'm like, wow, this is a crazy, crazy life. And then I got back home and my mom's like, well, what'd you think? And I was like, I could never live there. Really? Yeah. I was like, there's, it's too loud. I have a brain injury. (laughs) Let's not forget about that. And I was, you know, I had my, my work was set up, you know, my, my job was about to start. So Uh I just kind of like locked that away. And I was like, okay, forget about that. Forget about that little level. <laughs> what got you, What? why even do the intensive? Like, what was that about? Um, I had, I've been doing improv in college. Oh, okay. Um, so improv was my first kind of um, love when it came to performing. Got it. So you were doing that And I was before. a theater, I was such a theater kid. Oh. You know, high school, um, college. Yeah, this didn't really come out of nowhere, but it was like, I loved improv so much. Great. And I wanted to see like what the UCB thing was about. Okay. Um, plus I like was like, you know, you're going to start this job and that's going to be it for you. So you might sure. as well do something fun before you, sure. you know, double down. Um, so did the intensive and then got back and it was like, well, that's not a thing. You can't just move to New York city and do comedy that's freaking crazy you You will never do that (laughs) why would you do that and no (laughs) you know so um that wasn't something I thought was in the cards for me and then you know a couple years later I'm like into year two of teaching now and I'm like you know maybe this career isn't for me Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten out of another breakup, and it was you know when you're, the, you're in the dumps and you're just like, well, everything's fucked, so <laughs> might as well. <laughs> like, Why not just yeah try try something new? <laughs> you know when 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 everything <sighs> is so you know you're just really in the low point. And I was like, you know, I'm not just sad because this relationship ended. I'm also sad because this job isn't giving me meaning anymore. Sure. 
you know, and I, I loved teaching, but it was taking so much out of me and the, the, you know, emotional wear and tear of it that I was like, I'm not even going to be a good teacher Mm. when it comes down to it. That second year, I was like, you know, I'm going to do the craziest thing I can think of. I'm going to move to New York City. And I had nothing else planned. I had, yeah, I had a cousin who lived in Jersey City. Um, I knew a few people that lived in New York, um, but they weren't like best friends or anything. They were just like people that I knew, you know. Oh my God. Acquaintances. And I was like, all right, so you're going to move to New York City. You're going to get a job. You're going to work at BuzzFeed. Confirmed. Like, because I I wanted to be a writer and I thought, you know, um, I'm just going to do a total shift. I'm not going to be a teacher in New York City because what's the point in that? Right. Because I live this life. I'm not going to traumatize myself a second time. Right. You know, so I'm going to go to New York City and completely pull a 375, I don't know, angles. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to make my life unrecognizable. (laughs) (laughs) A 375. Full circle and then just a little bit extra. A little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And just 10 degrees more. Ah, I'm the same, but 10 degrees different. Yes. And I completely, (laughs) completely like shifted. Yeah, yeah. So I moved here, uh, didn't have a job. Um, I pulled my money out, my retirement money from teaching. You did. I did. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to need a cushion, yo. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to. And I just told myself, you know, if you get there and you can't find a job and you blow through all your money in six months, just come back home. There you go. And just figure it out. Right. And that was two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. And where, so when you got here, where'd you live? I lived with my cousin for a hot second. Okay. Then I lived in uh, a co-living house, which is kind of like a commune. Yep. Or an, uh, you know, a glorified hostel. Mm-hmm. And I became the house mom. Wow. So I got to live there rent free. Wow. And it was one of these, you know, brownstones that has like, you know, four floors, several, you know, kitchens. Okay. Um. So I was the house mom. Did you like that? Um. It was a good temporary situation for someone who doesn't have a job and has no connections and doesn't know what the hell they're doing okay um so i lived there um was kind of like managing the house making sure everyone had toilet paper you know uh (laughs) so you know kind of everyone doing has everyone's toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) what's up so um holy shit and and where where was that Uh, I was in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Only a few blocks from where I live now, which is hilarious. Cool. Um, So I was doing that. I was applying to jobs like crazy. I was like really convinced that I was just going to like walk into BuzzFeed and just immediately be handed a job, (laughs) which is so, I I blame the media and movies for this because I was always just seeing stuff about moving to New York, having your resumes. And I literally did this. This is so shameful. But I literally walked around New York City. I had a little binder of my resumes. And I was like, where's BuzzFeed? And I was like, great. And I walked into BuzzFeed. I was like, hello, can I go and see Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Dan was someone that I had uh, an interview a phone interview with oh. this guy named Dan, I think a year before for BuzzFeed. Oh, cool. For like an internship or something. And I didn't get it, but I had, w- I knew one name of one person at BuzzFeed and that's all that oh, mattered. I, any, no last name, just Dan. <laughs> just Dan. Hey, is Dan here? <laughs> I know like 85 million people work at BuzzFeed, but it's like Dan around. That is so funny. And they were like, you have to leave. You have to leave and meet security immediately. You're like, yeah, no, great. Just need to talk just to Dan. Can you just pass this resume? This is my, this is my stuff. We spoke a year ago about an internship. <laughs> I lived in Colorado at the time. Colorado at the time, you won't remember me. 
my brain had exploded around that time. <laughs> that is so funny. But you know, um, I was just so delusional about I like how to do that. Though. I love that though because that's like I'm sure that 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 mindset is actually what's gotten you so far is just being like literally like I don't give a fuck what's up. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful mindset actually. So congrats. Yeah. Thank you. I mean that's ballsy as hell. So you so you were doing that. I was doing that. I was also taking another improv class. Oh hello. <laughs> with yours truly. Ooh, with you. Yes, yes. Um and it was at this theater that no longer exists. Yeah. Um but while I was there I was really like I was so desperate for friends and for like just to have a community cuz you moved to New York City, you don't know anyone, you don't know what you're doing, you have no job. You have nothing, you know, like, okay, uh, <laughs> all right, this is a mistake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> but, I'm still here. but um, I was kind of ushered into this little community, uh, yeah. some improv- improvisers, and one of them um, invited me to, um, you might actually might have even been there. It was after, like, one of those night shows. It was, like, a Thursday night show when they had all these different teams up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone went to, like, Maggie's or, like, some bar afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or something like that. I hang out. I think I went to a few of those. I wasn't like that embedded into into the community, but I remember. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, this night was the night that my life changed. Oh, significantly because Whoa. um, go to the bar with all the improv people, and I'm hitting up um, Aaron, mm-hmm. Aaron uh, K Kathis. Mm-hmm. You know him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Um. So I'm talking to him. He doesn't know me, you oh. know, at the time. And he's like, well, who are you? You know, what's up with you? And I was like, oh, my name is Mimi, and I'm from Colorado, and I used to be a teacher, and I wrote a book about it, and my head exploded. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 go back to the book part. You wrote a book. And I was like, yeah, I wrote a book. It's not published, though, so it's super lame, and we shouldn't talk. And he's like, no, 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 like, tell me more about it. Mm-hmm. And so he's asking me about the book, and then um, he said, well, I know someone who, like, works in a publishing house. Do you want me to, like, email them? Oh, my God. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> sure. Like, Let me think about that. Yes. <laughs> um, so went home that night. I, uh, you know, told everyone, hey, figure out you're in toilet paper. Mommy's got work to do. She's going to send a letter to this guy. Sent him an email with uh, my first 10 pages and a letter introducing what the book was about. And uh, he sent it to the publisher. And then, um, I don't know, about a week after that, the publisher asked for the manuscript. Wow. Now, I don't have an agent. Right. I don't have BS. I don't have anything. Right. <laughs> um, I have Dan at BuzzFeed. That's who you I You have Dan at BuzzFeed. <laughs> he's looking out. Honestly, Dan did this all. And we just, he is the angel that, you know, he's humble. Bless in that up. Way. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't like to, he doesn't like to brag. <laughs> yeah. So I have nothing, but I'm like, okay, nothing to lose, you know. Um, and about a month after sending in the manuscript, the publisher wanted to publish it. Wow. So I became wow. a published author <laughs> dr- last year, last September, 2018. Wow! So it took about a year to uh, do all the book book stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy shit! Yeah. Holy shit! Uh-huh. You're, uh huh. Your so your brain exploded in 2014. 14, and you wrote a book, a pu- and you were a published author by 2018. Correct. So in four years. Correct. LOL. And yeah. how was that like for, I mean, what was that feeling like to know that? It was so crazy. Like the day that I, you know, got this new, like opened the email. I, it was such a broody New York day. I sure. was like going to run around like Prospect Park and I was like, I don't have a job and I'm so lame. And like, you know, I live in this like 
hostile and like what's happening my, and just watching my money dwindle yeah and uh, it still is dwindling by the way but we'll get there <laughs> skipping a few steps um but i was just really like you know convinced that this just wasn't gonna happen yeah. and when i read that email um i just burst into tears and i was like um the one thing that you didn't take seriously you know that you didn't did, didn't try to do didn't even want to do at first like is a thing that it's going to change your whole life and it has um, wow so that kind of set in motion a lot of other things. Um, I spent about a year, you know, working with the publishers, getting the book ready, doing edits, um, planning my book launch party oh my in God. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, and I really did feel like I had my little 15 minutes of fame. Sure. Um, last fall. So I like planned all and I was nannying. So I did get a job, you know. Um, so I was just kind of taking care of little kiddos and mm -hmm. um, getting the book ready and um for the book launch, I came back to Denver. I got interviewed by a couple, like, news really? stations. Wow. Um, so it was, like, on TV. Oh, my God. Talking yeah. about your book, like, a morning show mm -hmm. or something? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so how does comedy or performing play into that? And then how are you juggling being a published author and a nanny and a comedian all at once? like mentally right so um you know the book came out i came um back to new york and was like "Ooh, i ain't shit <laughs> like because you know you it's this big hype it's a big right. build up and for me it was kind of four years of build up right and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, my God, like, I'm in the window at Barnes & Noble, and everything's amazing, and then I get back to New York, and I'm like, oh, I'm still a nanny, or I'm, you know, I'm still this, and I'm still, That's like, insane. you know. That's insane. You're, like, this rock star, right? and then, you know, at night, and nanny by day. I mean, what the hell is that? Like, did, were you just, like, confused as all hell? Like, what am um, I? I at least was getting closer. Like, at least with, like, with nannying, I could like check out like once I was done nannying I didn't have to think about nannying I didn't have to grade right kids diapers you know what I'm saying like I didn't have to do anything after I left the it's building which that gave me you know <laughs> gave me a bunch of like more space in my brain to really like commit more to like oh I should tour the book and I should like do a book signing and I should do this and like I should go bring my books now that I have them to my next comedy show. And mm -hmm. like, I was kind of just like using it as this, this kind of springboard into all these other things. Um, cut to almost a year ago, I lost my nanny job. Uh, kids, kids got older. Right. And that's, you know, what we were talking about with the, um, the science rapper. And um, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to kind of like figure this out. Mm -hmm. And um, about a few months into working with him, he said, Hey, I'm going to go to the fringe festival. Mm. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Edinburgh. Scotland. Edinburgh. I feel like there's a very specific <laughs> way you, you nailed have to it. say it. Right? Yeah. It's not Edinburgh. We're not about that. Right. right? Edinburgh. Bruh. Bruh. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going. He's been, he's gone for like 10 years. And um, he's like, you should come be my, be my um, assistant, you know. Right. And you should bring your own show. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, okay, don't have a show, but what? So, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I had, I had stand up, but I was kind of like, you know, that's not even like, you know, my passion. It's right. like just something that I'm doing and it gives me a opportunity to tell people about this crazy thing that happened to me. So, um, right. I submitted a show that didn't exist <laughs> 
And then I got accepted into the oh French Festival. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was Thank like, "Oh crap! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, <before. Ooh. laughs> right. yeah. I've got to get ready for that." Yeah. So I spent <laughs> the summer panicking, sure, um, writing a um, writing a one woman show um, that's kind of a hybrid of uh, storytelling, character, stand up, and like drama. You know. Wow. I'm the brain-injured Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mmm. big. Sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I went to Scotland, um, worked my little brain-injured tail off. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like, a, I mean, I think New York is crazy, but Edinburgh during the festival is like... <sighs> really insane. I've heard it's high intensity. Mm-hmm. It's like an ongoing... My friend that went, do you know, shout out Molly Brenner. Do you know? Yep, Molly yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she went and she was just like, it was amazing and like literally the most exhausting experience. Ever. Yeah, yeah. You're Which, like a yeah. dead body. Like you're just like roaming around the street and you like, you form these connections with other performers and you're like, how are you doing? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you good? You drinking water? Yeah, you drinking yeah, enough water? Need it's some coffee? Like it slides you a snack. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah, who are you eating today? What's going on? Yeah, because so you're, you're, you're performing. I mean, most do the full, the full festival, which is about a month and you're performing every single day. Oh festival. my God. You're performing yeah. every day mm-hmm. for a month? Correct. Now there was, there, I, I had two days that I didn't perform. One day I took off because I was advised to do so by my boss. Another day, I was supposed to perform, but I showed up at my venue, and they were pumping turds out of oh. the venue. <laughs> like, I think. Sewage problems. <laughs> Shows are canceled today. People are shitting too much. Okay, so that happened. So you did Fringe, and then you came back to New York after that. Yes. Um, and where is your life? So, so what's happening now? So what's happening now is I'm looking for something a bit more sustainable Got in it. the job department. Okay. Um, you know, having so many side jobs. Also, I um, I lead like webinars too for like seventy five bucks. Sure. Uh, I literally read half a page to at uh, like for a live like online webinar, Very and cool. then I put myself on mute and I make breakfast, and then <laughs> and then like, I do the Q and A at the end, and I get paid seventy five bucks. That's great. And I do like one or two of those like every other week. <laughs> oh, it's great. Why not? So it's like it's just this weird, weird life I'm living where I'm like just grabbing money where it comes through, and I don't even like question it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing that thing for like fifty bucks. And nobody, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, what there's some money, and I used to actually find money on the ground too. So I've made I made a decent amount of money from just just looking at the ground. <laughs> being aware yeah. <laughs> like re- woo you ten dollars if you open your eyes people <laughs> <laughs> let's go um yeah, so um holy shit okay so so where you're at right now is what is your like dream in life like are you do you have like a set goal in mind like this is the career you're on or are you sort of just like honestly wherever the wind may take me that's a good question. I feel like where I'm headed is trying to see which medium that I'm currently dipping my toe into because all of my limbs are in different mediums right now. I've right. got the book and the comedy and the podcast and the um, what else am I doing? Oh, yeah. The TED Talk stuff I'm trying to do yep. and TV sure. writing. <laughs> you know, I basically have taken this story and I'm trying to see what's going to stick with it creatively. Right. So, um I'm adapting the book into a TV pilot right now, a comedy drama. Very cool. And I'm like, that would be dope to get like that picked up and to now share the story, not just as a one woman show and not just as all this, but what about this way? Um, I'm basically just like trying everything out because I like being creative. This is a whole new thing I never would have done 
as a teacher. I mean, I kind of always was on a stage because I was like performing to 14 year olds who were half asleep and high <laughs> eating Cheetos. <Sure. laughs> it gets, it gets, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really, I love performing. I love, um, talking to people. And what I didn't realize that this whole experience has given me is, um, another purpose. And wow. that is to connect with people and to share my story because when I, especially when I was in Scotland and I was wearing this, this giant brain costume, <laughs> it's literally so big. <laughs> like made out of foam? <laughs> it's made out of foam. I love that. My dad made it. Oh, I, um, need, I might need a picture of that. To yes. That's yes. great. Um, and I was wearing it around town and, and like people were coming to me and they were like, oh my God, what's with the thing? And I was like, elevator pitch my head exploded if I didn't begin to teach her and, like, and then they wouldn't be like oh pump the brakes like I had a brain hemorrhage or like Whoa. I had a stroke or like my brother did th- you know, they were just like kind of like sharing their stories with me and by me being a total weirdo and vulnerable about what happened they were like com- they were like flocking to me sure so a lot of my following now is like brain injury survivors and people that are oh like my God. oh you're like doing so well and I'm like aha not financially but <laughs> But they, you know, out there, but like physically, but like you are, are you good? Like in terms of your brain stuff? Like, um, I'm okay. You know, I would love healthcare. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I, because of my job situation, that's another reason why I want to get a full-time job. Yes. Um, is because I didn't even really use it when I was like healthy. Sure. Um, but now I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm playing Russian roulette with my life and not that I'm worried that things are going to happen again, but, um, you know. It's a crazy city, man. Like people get hit by cars all the time. Like hit by a bus. Yeah. You exactly. know, I just I I want to be um a bit more sure that I'm you know healthy. Yeah. Um, because the way I'm like scraping by as it is, I'm like, well, that's pretty impressive to last like this long in New York City without some of those <laughs> basic necessities. But you know, <laughs> um, what I'm getting on the other you know the other side of it is like this really inspirational journey i'm taking yeah um so you know long term i would love to like branch into like tv and um audio journalism and like if i could find a creative job that was like full-time that's dope you're like would love that but as it is i'm just kind of like just anything (laughs) just a a one thing anything at all (laughs) at this point um that is so incredible and did you looking, I guess, like now that you can reflect a little bit on your life, I guess you always can, but like on the pod, I mm-hmm. guess, um, reflecting now, like if you didn't have a brain hemorrhage, would any of this have been possible or do you think you would have ever lived in New York or no. be chasing these dreams at all or no? No, I think it completely shook me from the life that I, you know, at the time wanted. I wanted to like marry that guy and like yeah. you know be a teacher my whole life and like not to not to you know poop on my old self to say oh those were bad goals to have but um what ended up replacing it was just so much more than I ever ever could have dreamed of and obviously I wouldn't wish you know a brain hemorrhage on you know most people but uh <laughs> it <Most> people. it <laughs> it gave me this opportunity to grow as a person because um you know it forced me out of my life Mm -hmm. and made me rewrite my story and figure out who I was you know turns out I was very reliant on relationships I was um, very dependent on people telling me that they cared about me and I really needed all that assurance and then I literally was like all right okay move to New York you have nothing like figure it out you know and it's 
it's times like this where I'm like, wow, my old self would be like, who are you? <laughs> who who are you? Yep. You have tats um, also, right? Tattoos? Oh, yeah. I'm covered in tattoos. Did you That's have those weird. before? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got one. My first one I got at 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started getting more. Yeah. And now I'm kind of a little ridiculous. But um, I'm just, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. I used to care a lot about, you know, how I looked. And I mean, when I was a teacher, I had to, like, have a, I had to look nice. You know, I had to, like, dress up and. I'm sitting in front of you now. I got like holes the size of my face and my jeans. And I'm like, yeah, I made 20 bucks today. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think just living here and having that, that have happened to me, I don't think it, it could have happened, you know, yeah. any other way. I, I think I would still be, who knows? Who knows? So then this isn't, you know, I'm always curious about how people um, sort of pick themselves up when they're having bad days. So like, do you have any sort of go-to rituals that you like have or, you know, per, I don't know. Yeah. Sort of dive into when you're, when all of this, you know, like all of the weight of New York and the shit we're pursuing and sort of the uncertainty of it all kind of like weighs down on you. Or are you someone who you're like, Oh yeah, I feel it for five seconds and then I can easily brush it off. Um, I usually cry in public. Great. Uh, <laughs> when I first got here, I had an internship. And there, I was at a WeWork, and if you're listening to this outside of New York and you don't know what a WeWork is, they have these little cubbies, <laughs> and I would go cry in them. Yeah, constantly. Every <laughs> office is the size of a cubby. Also, I love that I know you're a podha- podcast host because you clarify terms for yes. the audience. I'll have someone who literally says like a term that, or like will do a thing and not describe it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. One of my many qualities. Uh, but I, I think that's, a, I mean, for me right now, I'm trying to be gentle with myself and realizing like what I'm doing is very hard. Yes. It's not a path that many take because it is so hard. And I've watched friends I've met here also break and leave the city and, you know, go back to the parents' house to reboot and try to figure out their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we are a generation of, you know, you know, millennials are a generation of people that we may be on our second or third careers already because we're like, you know, that doesn't jive with me. I can't live this way. And so we make a change and I made a change and I'm probably going to make 27 more in the next year. Like (laughs) you may, we, I may hit you up and you're going to be like, Oh my God, who the fuck is this? (laughs) What? You living in Mars now? What the hell are you doing? You live in Mars now? Um, um, wow. Yeah. But it's something that, um, when I'm having those moments, I just try to like reconnect with like remembering what I've been through and being like, Hey, do you remember that? Like five years ago, you couldn't walk and see and do anything. So I think you're fine. Yes. It's stressful to not have money and you feel like the world is collapsing on you because of X, Y, and Z, but actually it's probably not that bad. Mm. Um, you know, but it, that kind of helps me center myself again and you know everyone's like why are you so hard on yourself I'm like I don't know I can't figure it out like you'd think that like almost dying would really like set it for the (laughs) record like you're fine um but you know I've always had like imposter syndrome sure you know um am I good enough to do this am I doing it right am I do I deserve to be here you know there's all those questions that you have that is so funny to me because like I feel like you're I feel like I see you as someone who's so accomplished you're a published author you went to fringe 
you are like running around doing comedy stuff you are like have this sick job also and are just like crushing it and like and like went through hell and back like help wise so like it's incredible yeah and you're still but that's it's just i think maybe sometimes helpful to hear someone like like you who's done so much in their life already and i'm assuming like and you're 27 7 yeah so like at that age to be like oh i have imposter syndrome still and i literally yeah like and you've done so much and i think that that's incredible i yeah and maybe i don't even know if it ever goes away yeah but it took me you know several years to even call myself an author and to me, I wasn't even legitimate until I had the book. Mm-hmm. And even even when I had the deal and I knew it was going to go through, I was still, that was one of my lowest points actually was like when I first got the book deal, I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Your life's over now. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was so, I was so anxious and I was like, everything is over and like, it's not real in any second. The publisher's going to like call you and be like, I made a mistake. Oh and like, God. you know, and then I, I also had all these fears that when the book did come out, everyone would like leave me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, your brain does all kinds we of weird shit. We <laughs> read your book. <laughs> and you're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> Again, this accent. Uh, we read your book. <laughs> you're like, oh my god um well that's your i still think you're amazing Thank and you. i feel like this is just the beginning of all the oh, yeah. incredible shit you're gonna do yeah um duh um yeah. uh this is the kind of last question e um but what would you say to someone who is starting out into this like field or whatever wants to be a creative person but doesn't know how to do it is worried about maybe taking that risk that you took um and maybe they, you know, aren't going through similar health things, but like, do you need some sort of push? Um, what would you say to them? Um, failure is like way more amazing than we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're afraid of failing, like know that that is natural Yeah. and it's not going to keep something from happening. You know, like you're better off trying something out and sucking at it and failing and then trying something else than never doing it at all. Um, And all those things do build on each other. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, well I want to do this or people like literally come to me. They're like, Hey, I want to write a book. And I'm like, cool. What's it about? Tell me, send me it. What you got? I'll read it. Like, you know, let's see it. And they're like, well, it's not. I'm like, okay, you know, get your shit together. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Get your shit (laughs) together. But to me, it's like you can't be afraid of being afraid. Mm, Like whether or not it sucks or it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the harder you work at it, the more you do it eventually like the uni- i really believe the universe has some weird shit we don't understand yeah but like like why am i even here you know like <laughs> everything's freaking random like <laughs> like right know. now <laughs> yeah no why it's gonna be like that why am i even here <laughs> i just walked into your house but it's true i mean but it's true i like, met we, you at an we, improv theater it doesn't doesn't exist anymore <laughs> and at that same <laughs> that place, is so true i met someone who got me a book deal that is so insane. And that book deal led to Fringe and Fringe. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense, dude. 
it's so true. So why why would you sit there and be like, I don't know? It's like everything is freaking random anyway. Just do it. Right. And then something's gonna kick eventually. Right. And whatever that is, double down, you know, and do it. Wow. So it's to me, I'm like, shit's so random. Like I literally like, <laughs> shit's so random, dude. I mean, I, I kind of make this a joke now, but it's true. Like every time I'm like just kind of feeling like out of it, I'll like apply for a TED talk. Like oh just randomly for and i'll spend like no more than 15 minutes i'll find one that's coming up wow. and i'll just google like oh which ted talks are looking for submissions right now and i'm not even trying wow and i'm like boop here's my idea for this ted talk and then i'm like yeah that's not gonna happen and then that's the one that they're, they call me and i'm you're like, kidding no i wish and then i was you do the ted talk i haven't done a ted talk yet but i am this week i'm having a phone call with tedx ucla you're fucking kidding me i i'm not this is not part of my set. Oh my God. But that is something that it's like, if you focus so much on like, oh, I have to get this or it's the end of my life. And like, I have to make the, no, just throw shit at a wall. Just throw shit at a wall. And then like, you'd be surprised. It's kind of like that energy of confidence of just like, yeah, it's my two paragraph, like thing about a Ted talk. Yeah. You know? And like, granted, I've been trying to get a Ted for three years. I'm not right. saying like you're automatically going to get shit. But you're never going to know if you don't try. That is so fucking so if true. So you're, if you're writing a book, write the book. Go get it looked at by somebody. Go find an editor. Send it to me. I'll read it. You know, like, you got to pay me for that, but I'll read it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do a rate. And I won't that with email me. Yeah. But, you know, like, th- if you don't try, you're never going to know. Mm. And there's so many people that are just too afraid to ever even start the process and then they're the ones who are like kicking themselves years later because they see someone else have success and instead of being able to celebrate that person's success they see their own failure Mm. so it's like i only surround myself now with people who are excited about what they're doing and can also be excited about what i'm doing wow if you're like sitting in your own shit and you're just like i'm like goodbye wow bye 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 and that's, I mean, it sucks, but like, you're going to, you're going to surround yourself with more positive energy by yes. people who are pushing themselves, even if it's like, that's an impossible thing to do. You couldn't possibly, it's like, okay, well maybe. Wow. So I only surround myself with people that are doing that. So if you're, that would also be part of that advice is like, quit hanging out with shitty people. Mm. <laughs> right. And if like, they're not trying to better themselves in whatever way makes sense for them, like don't even try to hang out with them a hundred percent wow i love that you have this insane um possibility mindset that's just like why the fuck not yeah i will try it who's like the world is chaos anyway right so like i have no control over it dude you think i was like you know what i'd like to have right now a A brain brain hemorrhage hemorrhage. (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be such good content just watch i cannot (laughs) wait in three two one cue the hemorrhage yeah right 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 no Um, it's all random anyway just do it that's so crazy god 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 it's almost like i yeah it's like i don't wish people to have a brain hemorrhage and i'm truly sorry you did too but like god what a like beautiful (laughs) thing has happened as a result in a weird sick way you know it's like this thing of just being like so excited and so sort of just like you know relentless and um yeah and i'm awake now i'm awake right right you know yeah so i mean and it's like what the fuck do you have to lose besides your life that you know what i mean nothing that's also a thing yeah like what the fuck is there to lose you almost already lost something that was so scary now you have that back. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think if more people took that mentality that there is nothing to lose, a lot more people would be 
out in the world doing those things. Sure. You know, but we're, it's kind of like this self-fulfilling prophecy because we're like, oh, it's impossible. And then you kind of like dwell on it. And then you're just like in your little social media bubbles and you're like, oh, well, this person's, this person just had, a, you know, everything given to them. It's like, well, maybe it was their turn. Mm. Like maybe if this person got this thing, they've been rejected 27 million times before. Yeah. And now it's finally sticking. But right. it's never going to stick for you if you don't throw it at the wall. Yeah. And even and if, if it looks you like sit shit. there like being like poo on them or whatever, yeah. like they suck because and it's like, well. Or better yet, like hit that person up and be like, how did you get to where you are? There you go. And some people are not open about that. I happen to be because, again, it's freaking random. I'll tell you my publisher. I'll tell you Aaron <laughs> knows so-and-so. <laughs> like, I have no shame. Again, that is Aaron. <laughs> A-A-R-O. <laughs> like, Aaron's like, no. But people are very, you know, so I, I do feel like some, you know, comedians and especially are maybe a little bit more uh close about their connections or you know i know i don't want to share this with you because if you get successful that means it's going to diminish my success which is so literally not how it is but anyway that was a tangent back to what we're talking about which is this idea of like being surrounding yourself with positive people having this like great positive mindset of just being like i'm going to go out there who cares i have nothing to lose and just being a star yeah which is what you are thank y'all yeah of course of course yeah and that means a lot because you know uh, still got that imposty sit syndrome. God, uh, <laughs> you really shouldn't. You I really know, shouldn't. I know, I shouldn't. And when I have conversations like this, I'm like, I know I'm amazing. I know I got what's good, um, but that still can't undo, you know, years of being fed this narrative that you have to have a certain amount of money to be successful. Mm-hmm. That you have to, um, that your work has to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know that like you know, me, like I work from home most days and, you know, I, I put the phone on mute and I make breakfast and <laughs> I made 75 bucks. Like that to some people is like, you are a failure at life and you didn't do it right. You know? And to me, I'm like, well, you can think that that's fine, but I'm still <laughs> a published author. <laughs> <laughs> published author. Um, yeah. But it is hard when you come against that societal kind of like, you have to pick one. You well, can't like, you know, it's like, that's a whole thing. Which I hate. <laughs> I hate that. Everyone's like, you better own a home. You better have two kids and you better have a career and only one by the time you're 30 or by the time you're whatever, even younger than that, I feel like in some yeah. parts of the world. And it's just like, who, who are you to tell anyone that is that? ever the thing that made people happy and uh, no it could make some people happy and that's great if that makes you happy but like it is absolutely and i think it's just because the stories that we hear are very limited in terms of like the way that we live our lives which is just like i also work from home i'm also doing all this other shit or whatever not as cool as cool as you but like in some capacity or whatever kind of the same thing and it's just like you know it's not it's not a traditional path but i think it's sad when we do when we feel like we're lesser than because of it or mm-hmm. like we're more behind because of it. And it's just right. so not true. We're just doing something different. And I think sometimes it hurts to compare with like this more traditional journey. Yeah. And like the term hustle, like I didn't really even identify with that word until maybe a year or so living here. But the truth is I've been hustling 
forever (laughs) you know like I I have and so it's like you can hustle in so many different ways that could mean like you had the nine to five and when you come home you have the five to nine and you're writing the manuscript or whatever or you um, are working you know a couple hours a day from home and then you go out and you write you know it's gonna look totally different for you depending on who you are but we're so limiting and like this is what we were told is so be successful. It's like, that's not the reality for most people. And, you know, economically, what? A home? A, a mortgage? That's, I don't know what that word is. Maybe it's my brain hemorrhage talking, but I'm not sure I know what that word means. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I wish um, people, you know, I wish them luck, but I wish them, you know, some failure because that teaches you. Um, how to get back up and keep trying it, trying it a different way. Um, surround yourself with the people that are going to continue to, even when they, you know, they don't want to continue to um, support you and lift you up and read all your shitty first drafts. You know, you got those ride or dies. You got to have some ride or dies. Got to have those. You know, but they're not going to be surprised when you like make it or you do a, a big thing. I wasn't shocked when your friggin' video came out. The the uh, surprise it's your period, oh, dude. That was so dope, thank and I you. could tell that you worked so hard on that. Oh, thanks. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Thank like, you. that's what everyone needs to be doing is just just putting the effort into what you want. Just mm. do it. You may or may not get paid for it sure. right now. Sure, you know, but it's all those things. The things that you say are cool about me. Yeah, I haven't seen the money from those things, but you know. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's not what i value i don't i don't think money is something that's going to make me significantly happier in my life i'm going to be way happier when i'm like oh hey i'm just going to go and do this you know ted talk over here i'm going to go meet with um you know a brain injury group and talk about ways to help people share their stories you know like that means a lot more to me now um that I understand that you can hustle and it's going to look different um, than like working 80 hours a week as a high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Mimi, thank you so much. Thank what you. a freaking delight. Um, you're a real treasure and um, yeah, I truly cannot wait to see all the incredible shit you're going to do. Thank you. Same yeah. to you. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Mimi Hayes, everybody. Gosh, what an incredible story. So inspired by her um, literally all the time. Um, You can check out all of her cool stuff on the internet. Um, Her book is on Amazon. Uh, It's called I'll Be Okay, It's Just a Hole in My Head. Love that title. Uh, By Mimi Hayes. That's M-I-M-I-H-A-Y-E-S. You can follow her on Instagram at Mimi Hayes Brain. And you can check out her website, MimiHayes.com. Um, yeah, and follow her stuff. She's incredible. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. It's How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova. There are new episodes coming out every Monday. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. We have another fun one coming up for you next week. Um, hope you have a great rest of your day and a lovely week. Bye. <laughs>